0: Good Monday morning, good to see you. New details are emerging about that dangerous and daring rescue mission. Americans pulled from an active war zone in Sudan. It is April 24th, this is today. Under cover of darkness, special forces choppering into Sudan's capital to evacuate officials from the U.S. Embassy. What we're now learning about the risky operation and the Americans still trapped there as the country slips deeper into chaos. Heating up, the 2024 race taking shape. President Biden set to launch his reelection campaign as early as tomorrow. This morning, the results of our new NBC News poll revealing how voters feel about a Trump-Biden rematch. Fire in the sky, dramatic video of a plane engine engulfed in flames after an apparent bird strike moments after takeoff. The crew forced to make an emergency landing. It was truly frightening. I didn't think I was going to make it. And on a North Carolina runway, another possible engine fire we will have the very latest. Closing time, Bed Bath & Beyond files for bankruptcy and plans to go out of business inside the store's downfall and what it means for gift cards and all those big blue coupons. Those stories, plus breaking overnight, Len Goodman, the beloved former head judge on Dancing with the Stars, has passed away. Legend! Legend! We'll look back at his life and the tributes pouring in this morning. And storybook ending. Tears of joy from Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney after a historic victory for their soccer team over the weekend. How the little team that could took a page from Ted Lasso and captured the world's heart. Today, Monday, April 24th, 2023.
1: From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Moda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza
0: everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. It's Monday morning. Nice to have you start in the week with us. If I hadn't watched so much Ted Lasso, I don't know if I would <laughs> fully appreciate what
2: happened to Wrexham, a real football team I mean, owned oh, by two Americans. No kidding. And Wrexham, that's 15 years of hurt being erased <laughs> right there with that victory. Congratulations to them and to Ryan Reynolds and the whole group. Called
0: up to the English mm-hmm. lead, uh, League. We'll get more on that yeah. in just a minute. But our top story is this urgent rush to evacuate Americans and others from Sudan. Yeah, the
2: African nation has been torn apart part by ongoing violence, a power struggle between two rival military groups. And then over the weekend, U.S. Special Operations Forces performed a daring nighttime mission to rescue staff and families from that American embassy. NBC's Richard Engel joins us now with the very latest. Richard, good morning.
3: Good morning. The situation in Sudan is extremely dangerous. It is now the second week of fighting, mostly focusing in the capital, Khartoum. At least 400 people had been killed. It's hard to know exactly how many. It could be much higher than that. And after this weekend, after U.S. Special Operations Forces evacuated government personnel from the American embassy in Khartoum, now governments around the world are struggling to get their people out. After ceasefires collapsed, Sudan's capital Khartoum this morning is an open war zone. There's fighting in the streets and at the airport, which remains closed. There's no power or running water. Phone and internet service are largely down. It's a nightmare scenario as nations around the world struggle to evacuate personnel. France, Italy, Germany, Spain and others carrying out successful flights bringing out their citizens and some Americans. This weekend, the United States launched a rescue mission to the U.S. Embassy in Khartoum, which is now closed. U.S. special operations flying 800 miles from Djibouti to Sudan, landing just after midnight Sunday on the embassy grounds, where three Chinook helicopters evacuated 80 government personnel and their families. It took around an hour. There were no reports of injuries or incidents. But there are still roughly 16,000 American citizens in Sudan, many dual nationals. They're sheltering in place. For now, there are no plans for a mass rescue. Lakshmi Parthasarathy, an American travel writer, was visiting Sudan and is stuck. She managed to send us this video
4: this morning. The city is so tense right now. A lot of people are fleeing left and right. I can see the cars outside, and I'm actually making arrangements to try and get out as well to an area outside of the city that is safer. I have no power running water, and the most difficult thing is that there's been Internet blackouts, so I'm not feeling too great about the help that I've received from the embassy at the moment. So I am just preparing to go it alone and figure out how I can get myself to safety.
3: The fighting is over power. Two of Sudan's top generals who took over in a coup and promised to transition to civilian rule are now battling among themselves for control of the country rich in oil and gold. There's a risk of state collapse and a return to civil war.
0: Richard, it seems to grow more grim by the hour. There are Americans who are there. We just saw one of them. What is the U.S. government doing to help them?
3: Well, I think the government has made it clear that the... Uh there's not going to be a mass evacuation uh, effort, at least uh, not not at the moment. There are still parts of Sudan that are safe. Uh, the uh, the government uh, and, the, and the opposition forces that are fighting these two generals mostly are fighting in Khartoum. So as you heard in the piece, uh, Americans who are still there, when they call the embassy, mostly they're just getting a recording telling them to shelter in place. So they are taking matters into their own hands, trying to get out of the capital, trying to get to the borders any way they can.
2: All right, Richard Engel, thank you very much. In the meantime, the 2024 presidential race is heating up with President Biden expected to launch his reelection campaign within days. And this morning, results from our new NBC News poll show most Americans are not enthusiastic about a potential rematch between President the President and Donald Trump. NBC's Chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander has more on these numbers. Hey, Peter, good morning.
1: Good Monday morning to you. President Biden's re-election announcement that multiple sources tell us could come as early as tomorrow. But our new NBC News poll shows most Americans are dissatisfied with what seems increasingly inevitable here, a 2024 rematch between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. As President Biden prepares to launch his re-election bid, our new NBC News poll shows 70% of Americans say the president should not seek another term, including 51% of Democrats. Nearly half of those who say President Biden should not run cite his age as a major reason why. At 80, he's already the oldest president ever to serve. Still, allies are downplaying concerns about the president's age.
5: He is an active president who is meeting the challenges of America every day.
1: But he's not the only one facing headwinds. Six in 10 Americans, including a third of Republicans, say former President Donald Trump should not run again either. But his recent indictment in New York and other looming criminal investigations have only strengthened his position among Republicans. Now 68% say they back him to be their nominee. Support for one of Mr. Trump's potential rivals, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, has eroded in recent months. DeSantis has refrained from attacking the former president directly, but just this weekend delivered this veiled swipe.
5: Republicans need to shake the culture of losing that has developed in recent years.
1: One critical issue certain to have an impact on the race, abortion rights. Even after the Supreme Court for now preserved access to the nation's most common abortion medication, Mifepristone. Over the weekend, former President Trump with a video speech at an event in Iowa taking credit for overturning Roe v. Wade. Those justices delivered a landmark victory
5: for protecting innocent life.
1: One of several potential 2024 candidates courting social conservatives there, his former vice president, Mike Pence, who supports a national abortion ban, criticizing his potential rival.
6: I don't agree with the former president who says this is a state's only issue. But our poll
1: found nearly 60% of Americans say abortion should be legal nationwide. And some more moderate Republicans are worried the issue is already costing the GOP at the ballot box. As for President Biden's planned announcement, NBC News has learned that the president recorded parts of his announcement video last week at his home in Rehoboth Beach, Beach, Delaware. And another sign that he's gearing up, the president is planning to name Julie Chavez Rodriguez as his 2024 re-election campaign manager. Chavez Rodriguez is a senior advisor to the president here and a granddaughter of the
2: late labor leader Cesar Chavez. Hoda. All right, Peter Alexander for sure, at the White House. Peter, thank you.
0: We turn now to the end of an era. Another popular retailer going out of business, Bed Bath & Beyond, for decades, a go-to for home and college dorm supplies with those big blue coupons. Well, it filed for bankruptcy yesterday. The company announcing it will now begin winding down operations. Here with Everything We Need to Know, NBC's Brian Chung. I feel like I've been reading this headline mm-hmm, yeah. for a while that Bed Bath & Beyond was in trouble, but now it's official. It's filing for bankruptcy. Does that mean the stores are closed?
7: Yeah, that's exactly what that means. And I'm having flashbacks of my own experiences going to Bed Bath & Beyond shopping for uh, my college supplies. But look, this is a company that's been struggling for a while, as you've mentioned. They've been saying that, look, if we can't raise uh, the money that we need last minute, we could ultimately file for bankruptcy, which is what happened ultimately yesterday. That means that uh, 360 locations, and by the way, 120 Bye Bye Baby locations, which is also owned by the same company, uh, will start to liquidate. So essentially, here's the timeline. Starting on Wednesday, you will no longer be able to use those iconic 20. Percent off coupons that we're all familiar with getting in the mail. Uh, That's because the sales are going to begin starting in the store. So, pretty heavy discounts expected on that Wednesday. On May 8th, that will be the last day to use your gift cards. And then on May 15th, merchandise credits and customer rewards will no longer be accepted. And for those that, by the way, have wedding registries that are associated or linked to Bed, Bath, and Beyond, they will ultimately keep that. You can't buy any products for the registry, but they say. That they'll be transferring it to another well, platform. Speaking somewhere down
2: of the line. weddings, uh, David's Bridal uh, filed for bankruptcy as well. Is this something that we're seeing with retailers around the country?
7: Yeah, it's not just David's Bridal. When yeah. we think about other iconic brands that we all remember and kind of you know associate with American life, like Toys R Us, Sears, those are yeah. large companies that ultimately went under in just the last few years. Some of that is uh, accelerated by the pandemic with the move to e-commerce, but a lot of it is also kind of the secular move to big box retailers. People yeah. don't want to go to specialized stores anymore. They want to go to one-stop shops where you can get all of it done. You Mm -hmm. want to get that extra bath towel, but then also, oh, wait, I have to get that extra can of of, of diced tomatoes. Mm -hmm. You could just go to one stop to do that as opposed to going to those. Just real
0: quickly, terms. I mean, sometimes companies file for bankruptcy and then they're still around. Yeah. They're still open. Is there any chance of that? for? You know, somebody comes in and buys them, I guess. Yeah,
7: that, that, is, that is a chance. And what Bed Bath & Beyond said is that Chapter 11 means that they're reorganizing. They could ultimately auction the assets of Bye Bye Baby and also Bed Bath & Beyond to another buyer that could attempt to resurrect it. But again, what we know of Bed Bath & Beyond in its current state will no longer be the case. Toys R Us tried to get resurrected by another company in the form of pop-ups inside of Macy's. It didn't Really work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back, back and beyond the form we know it is just no longer. Sure.
2: All, all right. right.
7: Thank you. Uh, Appreciate
2: it. All right. We've got a lot more to cover. It is 712. Let's go over to Craig and say good morning. Hey Craig.
4: Hey, hello to Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. Two separate and serious aircraft incidents in recent days of travelers on edge in this country, including An apparent bird strike that caused an American Airlines engine to catch fire in the skies over Ohio. You're looking at that here. Meanwhile, in Charlotte, North Carolina, an investigation is underway into a possible engine fire on the runway there. Fortunately, no one was hurt in either case. NBC's Tom Costello, he joins us now from Reagan National Airport with details on all of it. Tom, good morning to you.
6: Hey, Craig. Good morning to you. So, you know, bird strikes are not unusual, but what is unusual is for a bird strike to take out an engine. And this incident really underscores how crews, how pilots are supposed to handle these types of emergencies, and also it underscores the fact that planes are designed to fly on a single engine. In Columbus, Ohio, on Sunday, some anxious minutes during takeoff.
5: We. Uh lost the number two engine on the bird strike with high vibration
6: an engine on an american airlines flight headed for phoenix caught fire mere moments after taking off apparently after striking a flock of canada geese everybody started panicking and freaking out flight attendants prepared the cabin for an emergency landing marnie Callistat took this video from her seat
0: was truly frightening. I didn't think I was going to make it.
6: Also on board, Charles and Felicia Meadows just beginning their honeymoon trip.
0: We could just smell
6: like burning. The Boeing 737 safely returned to the Columbus airport in a statement American called the incident a mechanical issue. The FAA reports strikes against all types of wildlife are increasing in the U.S. More than 15,000 reported across 708 airports in 2021 alone.
3: Large bird populations are increasing, so the industry is
6: constantly grappling with this. Bird strikes became a top safety priority after 2009's Miracle on the Hudson, where Captain Sully Sullenberger expertly landed his plane on the river. After losing both engines to a flock of geese, everyone survived.
1: Experience can literally make the difference between success and failure, life and death.
6: Last Thursday, another possible engine fire, this one on the runway just before takeoff in Charlotte. Passengers safely deplaned back at the gate, and the exact cause is still under investigation. But aviation experts stress these two unrelated incidents should not worry travelers.
1: The majority of your commercial flights have two or more engines, and when you think of the the few, relatively few failures, it's an amazingly safe system.
4: So, I mean, Tom, it, it seems like these bird strikes are in the news every few months now. Is there anything that the airlines can do to, to better protect against them?
6: So ever, ever since the miracle on the Hudson, we've seen airports come out and really uh, unveil mitigation efforts. They fire off cannons to scare the birds away. They have bird radar to see where they are. Sometimes they use nets. Even they put out feed for the birds that is really birth control. They, they've done a lot. To try to get the population under control. By the way, it's not just birds. Sometimes it's a deer. It's an alligator. It's a skunk out on the runway. And those are also uh, can cause problems for planes trying to take off. Wow. Okay. Uh, Tom Costello. Tom, thank you. All right,
2: uh,
0: that was... (laughs) I don't want the answer. Skunks and birds. I I, 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 I didn't
2: expect birth control for the birds. Neither did I. Anyway.
0: All right, let's get a check of the weather. Mr. Roker.
2: Hey, we got uh, some
5: chilly air. So we got this blocking pattern. High pressure out over Canada. We got low pressure uh, up over northern Canada. And that blocking pattern brings all this cold air in. Highs today 10 to 25 degrees below average. We've got 59 million people under frost advisories, freeze watches and warnings from New York State all the way into Oklahoma and parts of Utah. We're looking at these temperatures right now. Davenport 29, Nashville 37, State College PA 32 degrees. For today, Cincinnati, you're going to be 15 degrees below average at 55. Even New Orleans, even though that's there, you're in the low 70s, that's 8 degrees cooler. New york city at 62 tomorrow those chilly temperatures stretch from fargo to oklahoma city memphis and new york again 62 degrees temperatures slowly warm up cleveland wednesday you're 53 but you're 60 by friday nashville 66 on wednesday 71 degrees by friday and that is your latest weather guys
2: all right now Al, thank you so much still ahead the coronation of king charles now less than two weeks away And there's a lot of news surrounding that historic event. Kelly Cobier alive right there at Buckingham Palace. Hey, Kelly.
8: Hey, good morning, Hoda. That's right, a new report claims there's another explanation behind why Prince Harry plans to travel here alone for the coronation. That plus royal birthday pictures. We'll have that for you guys.
0: All right, Kelly, thank you. And then a heartwarming and emotional story from Jenna this morning. She was right there this weekend as the USS George H.W. Bush returned home from a long deployment. We've got the touching reunions, including the special moments with fathers meeting their new babies oh. for the very first time. Oh. But first, this is Today oh. on NBC. Never gets old.
3: And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com.
1: Alpha one commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console, console. Smart thermostat, set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera.
4: Uh, We are going to start this half hour on this Monday morning with the countdown to the coronation of King Charles. Yeah,
2: the historic event now less than two weeks away and this morning. New details emerging along with more insight on Meghan Markle's decision not to attend. NBC's
0: Kelly Kobiea is at Buckingham Palace. Kelly, good morning. Good morning
8: to you guys. Yeah, we know that Prince Harry is RSVP'd. He said that he does plan to be here for what will be the biggest day in his father's royal life, the coronation, with Meghan staying behind in California to be with the children. Well, now a new report is questioning the reason behind that decision. The royal family keeping busy as the king's coronation date closes in and scrutiny of Prince Harry's visit ramps up. This morning, Catherine, the Princess of Wales, visiting a childcare centre and giving a British TV host hints about what she'll wear.
2: I said, I feel like you're going to wear blue. And she was like, there is a hint of blue. The royal
8: family releasing birthday photos. This new picture of William and Kate's youngest son, Prince Louis, who turned five on Saturday. And on Friday, this picture of the Queen with some of her grandchildren and great-grandchildren at Balmoral Castle in Scotland on what would have been her 97th birthday. King Charles and Camilla, the Queen consort, spent the weekend at Queen Elizabeth's favorite retreat in Scotland, surprising the locals, a fan taking this video of the royal couple stepping out to visit a new restaurant. Though Prince Harry is set to join the rest of his family in less than two weeks, he and his wife Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, continuing to attract distracting headlines. Meghan, who is not attending the May 6th coronation, now publicly responding to an article that claimed after that bombshell Oprah interview two years ago, she had an exchange of letters with King Charles that left her unhappy about some of her allegations of unconscious bias in the royal family. A spokesperson for the Sussexes calling the story false and frankly ridiculous, saying in part the Duchess of Sussex is going about her life, not thinking about correspondence from two years ago related to conversations from four years ago. And we encourage the tabloid media and various royal correspondents to stop the exhausting circus that they alone are creating. And we did reach out to Buckingham Palace for comment on this story. They declined to comment. And we should note that the Sussex spokesperson didn't deny the existence of a correspondence between Meghan and now King Charles. They only said that the reason she's staying behind is to be with the kids on Coronation Day, May 6th, otherwise known as... Prince Archie's fourth birthday. (laughs)
2: Guys. Well, that's a good excuse. All right. Uh, We'll take that. Let's get a close look at the coronation, the dynamics inside the royal family with NBC News royal commentator Daisy McAndrew. Okay, Daisy, let's talk about this back and forth of these letters that no one's actually seen the letters. But what do you make of all of it?
9: I think it's really interesting that, as we were just hearing, there isn't a denial that these letters happened. And this, of course, was in that fevered time, just after the the infamous Oprah interview, where the allegation was that the royal family was racist. And that did huge damage to the standing of the royal family, I think not just in this country, but around the world. So it's not surprising that there was a back and forth, that King Charles wrote to Meghan expressing his sadness, and that Meghan replied, and we're led to believe, saying that actually she wasn't saying that this individual who'd said these horrible comments about the color of her unborn baby skin was racist. She was saying it was an example of unconscious bias. Some would say that's slightly dancing on the head of a pin. But I think as far as Meghan's concerned, there is a distinction between the two.
0: OK, and Harry's coming to the coronation that we know. Is this just an example of kind of doing the bare minimum mm-hmm. or perhaps is it a sign that you know, there's a thaw there between his father and himself.
9: I think all of the optimists amongst us would be hoping that this was a bit of a sign that the frosty relationship uh, is starting to thaw. I think the relationship between Harry and his father is clearly a lot better and a lot closer than it is between Harry and William. And at the moment, there is no sign that that relationship is on the mend. We don't believe that they'll be seeing each other. We think that Harry will be coming in, really, in a, in a very brief visit, going to the coronation and then flying back uh, to California pretty much directly afterwards, which will be a great sadness to a lot of, of monarchists around the world. Tell us, Daisy, just quickly about the optics. So what is it going to look like? Will
2: there be an opportunity if the royal family is sitting together somewhere? Will Harry be with them or will he be somewhere else?
9: Well, there have been some some quite strange reports over this weekend that the the seating plan during the coronation has been sorted out and that Harry is allegedly going to be 10 rows back from the rest of the royal family. Personally, I'm taking those stories with a pinch of salt. I think it is a little bit of mischief making uh, in this run up, really, when none of us know what it's going to look like, whether there will be any sort of hugs or even you know sort of smiles between the members of the royal family who we know do have real problems. But this is such an important day, the most important day in King Charles's life. And Harry clearly is making a real effort to come over. Many people sad that Meghan's not joining him, but it does seem to be something of an an elegant compromise. All right. Mm -hmm. Less than two weeks until the
0: coronation. Daisy, thank you.
4: All right. Uh, When we come back here, we're going to pass along some encouraging news about the health of Oscar winner Jamie Foxx nearly two weeks after he was admitted to an Atlanta hospital. We're going to have the very latest on that in a live report.
2: But first, it was an historic weekend for Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney's, McElhenney's soccer team. Keir Simmons is in Hollywood. Couldn't write a better script.
10: You really couldn't Holder. Ryan Reynolds just described soccer as the most romantic thing on earth and even if you don't know anything about soccer, who doesn't love a little romance with Ryan Reynolds, so keep watching. We're back,
0: 741, with a remarkable mm-hmm. comeback story. It's got soccer fans smiling all around the world. This
2: is such a good one. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are very happy owners this morning after watching Wrexham AFC secure its return to the English Football League. That's for the first time in more than 10 years. It's
4: like something out of Ted Lasso, right? It's a major win for the Hollywood stars, major win for fans of the team, but also for the small working-class town it calls home. NBC's Keir Simmons joins us
10: with more from over the pond. Hey, Keir. Hey, Craig, let me put it like this. Every soccer fan across this country who stands out in the cold around soccer pitches like this one just had their dreams set alive again by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. And even if you don't know how to pronounce the name McElhenney, you know how to say goals, goals and more goals. And let's all go down the pub. It's the underdog victory fit for Hollywood. Wales Wrexham Football Club promoted to the English Football League after 15 years of playing in the lowest professional soccer class. Saturday night's win punctuated by a wave of fans descending on the pitch. And a stream of tears from the team's famous owners, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, who FaceTimed his wife, Blake Lively, and their kids after the final whistle. Even fans in McIlhenny's hometown of Philadelphia were cheering from across the pond. This North American invasion on Britain's soccer scene, a real-life Ted Lasso tale.
1: Expectations for us are as low as a rattlesnake's
10: belly button, huh? <laughs> now it seems the world can believe in Wrexham. The comeback story started just two seasons ago, when the actors decided to purchase the team. As documented in the FX docuseries, Welcome to Wrexham. Their celebrity ownership has made the 159-year-old club Hollywood's team, with some of their famous friends like Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd often seen cheering on the Red Dragons. After the championship win, McElhenney and Reynolds seen soaking in every moment.
4: After New Jersey, <laughs>
10: can
0: say no the Are
7: you putting
10: that on eBay, by the way? Listen, I work in show business. <laughs> we fall on hard. The guaranteed promotion will likely bring the team more fans, exposure and, of course, money. It literally drives an entire community. And that's what football does over in the UK. And these are this huge windfall for for these football clubs. And Ryan Reynolds, who even bought a house in Wrexham, he's so invested, guys, has just tweeted, everything I own smells like champagne, beer and grass. I'm still somewhere between giggling and sobbing. This town, this sport is one of the most romantic things on earth. And just quickly, guys, my side is called Charton Athletic. They're in southeast London. We kind of need a new owner. So if anyone in Hollywood is watching, I'm <laughs> uh, yeah, um, cool
0: cool yeah. yeah you're ready nice pitch gear oh, thank, thank you thank you here that's so what cool. a great, great story Really
5: yeah, is. It. It. Yeah, you can't can. make that up mm-hmm. really cool
0: thank you care all right let's get a check the weather i see you're looking down south
5: yeah we are starting down in the gulf and our unfortunately our friends in Cal in florida are going to be having some problems which they do not need low pressure system going to be developing storm hazards uh, over the next couple of days we're looking at wind gusts of up to 60 miles per hour brief tornado possible and heavy rain some places along Uh, from Fort Lauderdale, Miami, to Jupiter, to Okeechobee, Three to six inches of rain, unfortunately. Then another area that we're watching very closely for tomorrow, 10 million people at risk, much of Texas, parts of Oklahoma, wind gusts, tornadoes possible, tennis ball hail also as well. We're watching that. And then into Wednesday, same thing, from Austin to Dallas, severe weather for 10 million people, tornadoes possible. This system will be pushing out heavy bands of rain and snow will be blanketing the central Rockies, continuing on into Wednesday with more heavy rain. Look at some of this rain we're talking Upwards of four to five inches in central Oklahoma and back through the central Rockies, 12 to 24 inches of snow. In fact, for Colorado, April is the second snowiest month, so they are going to live up to that most likely. And that is your latest weather, guys.
2: All right, I'll thank you. Okay. Guys, coming up, you know, married, Simone Piles. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Yes, we have the
5: details, we'll take you inside. Her big weekend. Oh,
0: sweet! And then emotions running high down in Virginia. The homecoming of the USS George <laughs> <HF> <laughs> the Bush. Jenna was right there for those beautiful reunions, including some dads meeting their babies for the first time.